1: everybody to the 3DM's podcast. I am Jake, joined by, as per usual, by one Mr. Paul. And uh, today, sitting in with us, we got my boy Tim. Uh, we're going to do a little interview with a casual player at D&D because as a DM, we think of things, like as DMs, you know, you kind of notice that we think about things in a certain way and wanted to get a different perspective from... Somebody
0: the, who thinks about D&D less yeah, often than all you know, time, and
1: right? Yeah, and just, you know, shows up on Wednesdays. Um... Also we're going to finish up with some uh, talk on spooky monsters and stuff cuz you know it's still the season we still got
0: what is it 4 days <laughs> four, da- 4
1: days until uh pre-Christmas starts so
0: <laughs> the war on christmas has already begun
1: <laughs> yeah no the christmas the war of christmas aggression is upon us and it's they've, everywhere
0: they've overtaken thanksgiving yep yep uh so let that down? out of the way
1: yeah with that out of the way and with my mic trying to run away
0: from my face <laughs> Wait, wait. Well, it happens when we tilt all our mics in such yeah. odd positions. You got to lean gotta in a bit, in there, Tim. Tim.
1: Got to get in there, Tim. You got to Microphone's are not that. You got to kiss the mic. You got to love the mic. Boom. Nailed it. There we go. Perfect. So let's lead off with our uh, with our leading topic today, Mister Timmy. Okay. Uh, so let's just give a little bit of backstory on how I know Tim. Uh, I was a line cook for a very long time. I'm. A, I apparently make okay foods. I've been told it's the best. and uh, Damn good. you know uh, Tim was front of house a waiter bastard um, and one day we're sitting at work um, you know doing work things and work. he just kind of sticks his head into my little sector of the kitchen and goes you run D&D right hmm. and I was like yeah you should come over to my house and we should play D&D okay Two weeks later I get a text message, What are you doing tonight? Nothing. Come over to my house, Wrong play D and D.
2: I was I was not interested in playing games about it. I got <laughs> I got,
1: like, I got my boy and then right yeah, now. and then I, I like start coming over with all my stuff and I get like another text. My boy's also gonna be here and play. Right. And then I got uh and then I got there and then your housemate at the time, Tom, was like, What the hell are y'all doing?
2: He didn't even know what D D he was. didn't even know what the hell was. He didn't it was. even know anything about it. Didn't even know what it stood for. Yeah,
1: and then he's just like, well, "Well, well, oh, you get to make a character. I'm gonna be a paladin. I'm gonna be a paladin that looks like a LeBron James."
0: I
2: remember this discussion.
0: Uh,
1: Tom, you beautiful, you beautiful little Asian house cat.
2: Tom was a was a bit of a project. <laughs> hey, Tom, don't have an AK-47, okay? <laughs>
0: but regardless, uh, mind if I ask that we try to keep these things relevant to the topic of the show at hand? Oh yeah, no, we're just or, you know.
1: I just like roasting Tom whenever I get an opinion or an option to. Um, Sorry, Tom. It's out of love. So,
2: Tim, hi Tom. How? No. How did D and D get on your radar in the first place? As, um, so I have been playing fantasy games. I, sort of since I was a. Uh, I've been playing fantasy games since I was a teenager, and uh, um, around 2007, I started playing WoW. Um, a classic. Yeah, I, I played a lot of Blizzard games, but World of Warcraft mostly. It's a Um, gateway drug. Yeah, it is. Uh, And, uh, you know, a lot of the guys I was in a guild with uh, in uh, World of Warcraft were talking about uh, D&D, and I was like, well, you know, what is that? So I kind of looked at it. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then I just kind of put it on the back burner for a while and then started seeing it. I was like, well, that's pretty cool. So I actually got into kind of doing it a little bit. And then, um, yeah, ended up, I said, Jake, you DM? He goes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I was like, all right. Let's run it. So to make campaign settings.
0: So if I can uh, ask a brief question, Tim. Yeah. Uh, as somebody who's perhaps less constantly immersed in role-playing sure. games, like I am, what's do you also share the opinion that Dungeons Dragons has become larger on the cultural radar in the last couple of years?
2: Oh yeah, it's pop culture. It's, uh, but I mean, it's okay to have. It's okay to be into fantasy games now. You know.
0: As opposed yeah. to something yeah. Yeah. losers yeah. in their basement do, like me.
2: Right, but it, it's people are cool about it now, and it's and it's a lot of fun. So yeah, it, I think it's definitely uh, definitely more on the radar of um, you know what's going on right now. Um, so I mean, because and why I'm actually really got, glad I got you
1: on the show because like uh, so Clint, who also played in that game that we talked about a little bit earlier, um, you know, kind of came under my learning tree and started DMing and while you have discussed wanting to DM in the future and you know I've told you hey man do it it's a nice little creative outlet um, you still haven't quite gotten on that page yet but with you you actually do have a lot of very chartable things that are uh, first for a character and stuff and I just want to hear how like, it affects your week to week and stuff uh, so let's just get the let's rip the big band off right away um, in that campaign we ran you were the only person who died <laughs> and,
0: I
2: was I was
0: did you say that, like, three times or something? I forget. No, no, I, that's no, I Andrew. Just, uh, right.
2: I, all right, I, look, to be fair, I, I made my own grave there, but, yeah. <laughs>
0: no,
2: I do, well, I do recall, um,
1: A, taking you out to drinks because I felt bad. I also remember trying to burn your no, character sheet and right.
2: having you jump on my back like a spider monkey. So he goes, he goes uh, I'm sitting there trying to heal my wounds, and Jake goes, um. Let me see your character sheet real quick. I thought you were just gonna, you know, file, it or, it, file it or scan it. I don't know. <laughs> put it in your, put it amongst your other ones. Grabs a lighter and starts trying to put it on fire. I'm like, yeah! So when you died, yeah.
1: Um, how'd that affect your week to week?
2: Um, I mean, you know, I kind of had to. Uh, you mean going forward with the game? Yeah, going forward with the game. I did. just had to. You know, when you create a character, you kind of a, try to adopt their mindset as much as possible. I think most of my characters have always been chaotic, so that's kind of where that came from. But um, I just kind of had to get into a different mindset. You know, I, the next character I created was s- similar, but um, I but kind not of had kind of, yeah. The not, character like, part two. Right, right, right. I kind of had to just adopt it adopt a new personality for a new character I although was, you did keep playing druid i did keep playing I <laughs> yeah. druids man uh, great. no that's which is fine it's yeah. just
0: uh
1: you want to try maybe a fighter this time druid i was thinking about how about fighter, rogue actually. druid sorcerer maybe druid yeah druids are good I don't know, druids are fun um druid and so when it comes to you like you know because obviously game night is kind of you know it was the guy's night for a long time Absolutely. for us yeah yeah um when it came to you know, because we'd always play at your house because you had the best hosting space. Yeah. Um, when you know that day of the week comes up, how does your day go? Because I know how my day goes every time I have to prepare for DMing, which is uh, frantically panic, try to assemble everything that I can, and then just say, "Well, it's not going to work, anyways." But here we go.
0: You mean you don't try to improvise literally everything?
1: Uh, I I should
0: sometimes consider taking I. notes at some point.
1: Yeah. No, I. Uh, Never, um, every now and again, I've been known to write a note or two when my players don't do it for me. Yeah, that's bad practice,
0: but Please write notes; it's, it's convenient. Um, so We're my, joking.
2: From, for, so for my day for for game days, uh, I'm sure you know yours is a lot more stressful than mine because I'm just just got to show up. Yeah, my mindset yourself. is I'm trying to think about what's going to happen this week. You know, I always try to foreshadow based on what happened last week. Um, but I'm sure you know it. You have a lot more planning than I do. I just like to make sure the house is clean, and I'm going to kind of have, like, a rough guesstimation of what I think I'm going to try to do this week.
1: Yeah, no, and then usually, I mean, back in the day, too, when we were all on that uh, kitchen life schedule, and the Mm -hmm. game would go from, like, 10 p.m. to about 4 in the morning.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And then sleeping.
2: Different roommates, different lifestyles. It was a different different life. It was a different 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 time.
1: time. (laughs) (laughs) R.I.P. So... At this point, you know, because now you've gotten like a couple campaigns under your belt yeah. and you're thinking about you're thinking about stepping up to the big chair. I want to um, take the plunge take, the, take plunge. the plunge and at first you'll hate it and then Don't you'll love y'all... it. Uh, one fly. of us, one of us, one of us. Join us. So when uh, so when you finally do take the big plunge, because I know you've been slowly working up to it. Um, occasionally some of my books will go missing and then I'll just see you sitting over there
2: reading. Oh yeah. It, lurking. And I'm, uh, I'm going to mysteriously acquire that one that just looks, looks just like the one you lost. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's not yours. That's mine. Fresh new coat of paint. Yeah. Well, yeah, weird. No, no,
1: yeah, no, I mean, I know I've been missing it, but it,
0: yeah, I can't,
2: it can't change the cover. Be of course um, the paint's wet. It's my favorite
0: one.
1: Uh, what, so for you, because again, you like you're sitting on that casual player step boy. So when you do step up to the big chair, um, what is like? How do you think the game's going to change? Because I mean, like the second I started playing D and D, I basically was just prepped DM. I started like writing backstories for like not only my character but a couple other people who like just wanted to start playing D and D with us. Like I don't know how to write a backstory. I was like, I'll do it. Done. <laughs> I wrote like seven backstories, you know, had back and forth with everybody and stuff. Like, I basically started co DMing like under Paul because I would just micromanage for Paul while he was doing, you know,
2: important things. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. All right.
0: Like, trying to figure out exactly how fast disease spreads because that was the thing that mattered in third edition.
1: (laughs) Uh, 3.5 rules. Um, How do you think your mindset, like.
2: So, I. From a going from a player mindset I should, to a DM mindset,
1: I would, I was, I let me like just put it out there a little okay. bit better. Um, how have how, how has the ramping up been doing for wanting to DM? Because we've talked about it a couple of times now.
2: I gotta get you, gotta you, have, to, you have to put a lot more thought into the storyline because as a player.
0: The story just sort of evolves from your actions. You
2: you go right straight through the story. But as a a DM, you have to be prepared for every possible situation. It's like reading a book versus writing a book. I have to be – I have to have everything planned out so that any possible outcome I could be ready for or at least be able to wing it on the spot.
0: Yeah, I'm actually going to pause for a moment and say that one thing I do see new DMs generally try to do and burn themselves out on very quickly is planning – out very far in advance, whereas you just sort of generally need a general outline of where you want things to go. Yeah. But it, it's so tempting to to write out what you're going to do in advance because you know it'll make things easier for you. Yeah. But like I jo- don't. jokes about chaos theory and the butterfly effect aside, <laughs> you literally cannot tell what your players are going to do yeah. because there's going to be some harebrained scheme that's going to crop no up.
1: No plan survives contact with the players.
2: Right. Well, this is why. Yeah, that's why I was. Uh, I was saying. Yeah, one thing I like about you, Jake, is you're able to just fire from the hip if you when you got to. Sometimes. Yeah, I'm a shooter. Because you know, sometimes we'll see. You know, we'll see it on your face. You're like, oh, 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 oh ready right for that.
0: I like the time that
1: Nacho murdered demand right for his frosted tips. Yeah, there was the time Nacho murdered demand for his frosted tips, <laughs> I and I had to take about ten minutes just to figure out what next, because he just scrapped about thirty minutes of comedy routine I had planned.
2: Has he met? Uh, has he met Dr. Kellen? Where yet? Um, They'd be friends. <laughs> um. Yeah. Regardless.
1: What's more fun for you, evil character or a good character? Because you did get a
2: little uh, into mystery. Kelly. We all
0: know that you're uh, going to be playing chaotic characters. So,
2: so uh, I think if I get to DM – well, I think if I get to DM – I'll probably open up my mind a little bit more, but I typically do like to play chaotic characters. I just think it makes the game more dynamic. Uh, It's more fun for me because, you know, we have a lot of people that, for example, Clint uh, will typically play more of a a, – would you say a lawful character? Policeman-style A a, a, good character, uh, very up and up, and then that's okay. Guys, we
0: can't burn down the orphanage. Right. You all saw it.
2: Why not? Why not? Uh, so I think it kind of offsets – so we have a more dynamic group if I'm if I'm a little more chaotic.
1: I would love to get Tom in here for this too. I, w- I wish I could have gotten Tom for this too now because Tom was the worst paladin I've ever seen and I love it. No, he's just like, dude, we're <laughs> we level 10 now. We're, we're level 10 now. We can just like beat Walk people up and take out, yeah. their money. And I was like, that is the least paladin thing you can do.
2: Is that level one? Jay? <laughs>
1: He's just what like, yo, I just, he's like, can we, like, he, he actually did one of my, like, the funniest conversations I ever had with Tom. He's like, yo, can we just run a session where it doesn't count, kind of like a save file on GTA and just kind of, like, run around and kill everybody? And I was like, Tom, <laughs> you want me to just, like, line up commoners for you so you can chop them down? <laughs> yes, yes. Oh That's exactly Women, what Tom children, whatever you got. Yeah, no, he just <sighs> want he just wanted to fall really hard for one week.
0: We are so on a watch list now. Uh, yeah. Uh, Wait, you are already, already on a watch oh, list, oh, I know what I'm talking about. Oh, they're shutting us down. Hi, FBI. How you guys
1: doing? All right. Uh, and I guess final thoughts really quick with, you know, because your love and your, you know, dedication to the hobby has grown over time. Uh, when the hell are you going to buy a player's handbook so you can quit borrowing mine?
2: Actually. <laughs>
0: never ever. Actually. Every player
2: ever. Uh, since you mentioned that, Jake, probably never. <laughs> uh, no. I think probably in the next couple of weeks I'll be getting one. that That's, that's good to hear. That's, the, um, that's what I was hoping for. Because like to – touch back on that topic from earlier for a sec. You know, it's um, – I'm kind of planning out some of, some of the possible games that I would run. Um, I think the player's handbook would definitely be beneficial for, uh, you know, planning everything.
0: Yeah, it's got the core rules and I mean it doesn't have the monsters. But there's always, uh, always the internet for those. Yep.
2: But I think it'll be a it'll be a refreshing uh, experience to kind of see the game from a different viewpoint because I've been kind of like underground planning my own style of games. I was like, oh, it'd be cool to run a game like this, you know.
1: Well, I will bring you back in once you've had a couple of games under your belt and we'll uh, interview a yeah. new DM. New DM. But right now, you're still just a player, so you get yep. to yep. sit here and chip in on the next thing we're going to yep. talk about. So – Let's move on. Let's shift gears. We got four blessed days of spoopy time left until Halloween. And then, uh,
2: most wonderful time of the year. And
1: then 60 days of Christmas. So
2: that's unfortunate.
1: A little bit. (laughs) So let's get into, no, let's get into the big meat today. The, the roast, the meat and potatoes, the core of the show for the day. Spoopy monsters, spoopy diseases. Um, scary freaks. We got, uh. Well, we were talking about it in the car, and Paul actually had a fantastic suggestion. Uh, lycanthropy, vampirism, and a bunch of other diseases that spread, uh, spread via monsters. Uh, mummy rot. Mummy rot. <laughs> mummy <laughs> rot is. I actually. I've seen so many good memes on mummy rot lately because it's just like the actual worst. That's the only reason you use mummies is just so you can pimp slap your players with some mummy rot.
2: <laughs> I mean. But you know it's coming. You're like, oh, mummy's great.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's not like you're not going to see the mummy rot coming when the mummies show up. Yeah, no. to tell you about that.
2: But <laughs> oh, we're going into a tomb, huh?
0: I wonder if it's going to be mummies I wonder if this going to be mummies
2: with a mummy rot.
0: <laughs> but, Paul, lead us in on... Uh... Lycanthropes and vampires. Um, I should say that this is somewhat of a contentious topic. Uh, to talk about the general history of lycanthropy and vampirism. Uh, the earliest references we have to werewolves, I believe, is in ancient Rome where I'm pretty sure the understanding is that it was an explanation for serial killers. Yep. Uh, But in the 1800s and later on and especially into pop culture and I suppose regular culture is that both of those are sort of a a metaphor for some repressed part of human behavior. Absolutely. I mean you see the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde comparisons as well as werewolves represent the sort of bestial inner feelings that people have. And vampires –
2: Primal instinct.
0: Yeah. And vampires are sort of – I don't know, sort of repressed sexual instinct in that they tend to be – once you get past Nosferatu, they tend to be sort of sexy. Mm, (laughs) I'll be honest with you. There's something – Sexy vampires. Intimate about draining blood. With a I kiss. Guess. <laughs> With a kiss. With a kiss. Yeah, I believe it was Um, in Bram Stoker's Dracula. Originally, they were going to eat blood from the chest, but they decided that was too sexy, so they went for the neck instead.
2: <laughs> wow, that wasn't sexier.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It was actually more yeah. hardcore. I don't know what Bram Stoker was thinking. Anyway, so – and when I went to this topic, my first thought was they're CR9 and they're immune to non-magical bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing. But I, you know, Great. I did some reading. I – I've looked things up, and vampires and werewolves appeared in literally every edition of Dungeons and Dragons ever. I'm pretty how, sure in the first monster manual. How could they not? It's time. such a
2: fun concept.
0: Yeah, the yeah. the idea of a a monster that spreads like a disease is interesting. Although I do think vampires are sort of exempt from that because vampire spawn exist, and most vampires, I believe, are cursed. Did you say well? Well, so they, no, well,
1: so the exact rules for making a vampire, according to the monster manual, um, here, let, we'll I'll, uh, crack open that bad boy. Yeah, we'll even crack open this bad boy and actually give you the precise reading and not just as I remember it, even though I do use the living hell out of vampires, <laughs> cause. they
2: follow the same rules, like, zombies?
1: Um, well, no. So the, uh, the main effect for, or the main, hang on, boop-a-doop-a-doop-a-doop, where wheres it? That's vampire spawn, so you're pretty close. Yep. There is a whole, uh, section on it but the long and short of it is they uh you know a, a person who is just killed by a regular bite by a vampire is turned into a vampire spawn but if they want to make you into a vampire then um
0: they'll let the vomit some acre into your veins yeah or they, there's
1: uh it's it's buried in here somewhere kind of vile they have to yeah they have to be very very specific about you gonna be my vampire now you get the love,
0: and to sum up, vampire spawn. For those of you who don't know, is they're like vampires, but they suck, <laughs> and not in the sense that they drink blood. They're just not very less good. Less intelligent. They're just less. They're just they're not good. They're just not as much. Admittedly, you can use them as much lower level enemies, and don't have to have them be okay, more like vampires.
2: Well, models. I mean, they're QBK-ing actually
1: threats. They're
0: well, they're pretty powerful
1: fodder actually cr5 uh they have the damage resistances from necrotic bludgeoning piercing slashing from non-magical attacks um they have regeneration
0: yeah isn't it regeneration 10 or something stupid like that? yeah it's
1: 10 hit points um but they uh if they take radiant damage or they get splashed by a little bit of that holy water you know just throw some jesus juice on them and they kind of calm down
0: my question is why the priests don't like bless the river and then just you know no more vampires (laughs) Um,
2: Just remove the dam and let it go wild.
1: Well, they are they are harmed by running water. They take 20 acid damage when they end their turn in running water.
0: Yeah. So let's briefly go over the traditional vampire weaknesses are running water. Uh, Stake to the heart. Yeah. The crucifix is not very applicable in Dungeons & Dragons. So mm-hmm. they sort of combine that into generic holy symbol. And I believe one of the traditional ones is they have to be invited – but I don't think that's true in Dungeons & Dragons. Nope, it is still here. Forbiddance.
2: Hmm. Yeah, per traditional traditional vampire lore, they have to be invited into your home.
1: Nope, they still got it here, and they still got these rules. I actually do love vampire spawn as a low-level threat, because, you know... Oh, yeah.
0: I've thrown a couple of them against fourth-level, third-level parties.
1: They are beefy, and then they've got a couple of great variants here in the books. But more importantly, so what happens if you uh, decide, uh, you know, you're going to turn one of your players?
0: Well... I guess there's sort of a problem here and there's a moral dissonance between the fiction, uh, ludonarrative dissonance between the fiction of becoming a vampire and the mechanics of becoming a vampire And that you're sort of losing your soul in the story sense and that you're becoming this unearthly thing that's sort of inhabiting your space. But mechanically, you just sort of get a bunch of powers. <laughs> you just kind of get better. Yeah, you're like, oh, no, I- I've lost my humanity. I've become a filthy vampire. But all that actually happens to me as i become immune to non-magical bludgeon i can slashing fly, and fly.
1: yeah i can turn into bats and what a mists. curse this is and every time i go to zero hit points i just go back to my casket damn what a curse yeah this is so bad oh yeah and the sun hurts i can sleep for years
0: well you're you're a murder hobo you're not going to see the sun. <laughs> the sun the sun the sun the sun. the
2: sun anyway so um <laughs> sounds like you most spend all us. your time in dungeons anyway <laughs>
1: No, but based, so back back to the main to back sunlight. to the main thing though. So um and the same problem happens with lycanthropy. It's a lot easier so we're talk to go to start
0: more about lycanthropy later. Yeah, which so is more, like, more of more of curse.
1: But um so with vampirism and let's let's talk about using it as an actual plot hook cuz it I've used it before and actually it was kind of effective when uh
0: you turned like half of the party. Okay. I well, no,
1: I turned it was just Mike. Um
0: Everybody else down there just died. Oh, right. I forgot. about Sophie turned, but that was
1: – Well, I turned her character into a wraith because I thought it was
0: – Yeah, we could talk about the spreading of wraiths and the wraith apocalypse later.
1: So. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the burning of buildings and wraith destruction. But um, no. So um, it was actually a pretty effective plot point. Um, at this point, the party had access to a – because the villain at the time was a vampire because I love vampires as villains because uh, you, you can knock them down and then they just come back from their casket. They're
0: and you like using uh, villains that you can put a name and a face to and sort of give overarching plot elements to. or as I like to have gener- – uh, not generic but faceless organizations as enemies.
1: And plus they're a good mid-level kind of a lich deal. You know, like Lich, 21CR, you know.
0: Not really something you can use in most games. Kind of, yeah.
1: You got to kind of build all the way up to that where with a vampire, you can have them around at level one. And, you know, by the time the party's level seven or eight, they can take a pretty hearty crack at it if anybody's played Ravenloft. But um, the idea that I went for because, you know, all the players died in that fight except for the one NPC who was with them who
0: ran, which is a smart move. Um, PCs never run. I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) <laughs> um, I, I, I'm just going to break for a second to talk about that. I had a group of PCs of which three of whom were dying one of whom was at less than half health and one was at nearly full health because they weren't attacking the one in plate armor and one of the players said guys I think we may need to consider running away for the first time <laughs> after there's still six guys with knives running around after them players don't run away they're suicidally overconfident yep gotta love it so so the NPC ran away.
1: Yeah, the NPC ran away after they got smoked into a, in a fight. It was I felt really bad first of all cuz they did walk like dead ass into a trap and it wasn't even the whole party. It was I just think people don't they really split split the think party.
2: about it. I've never had the like it's never been on the forefront of my mind I we should run away. It's always all right. What else can we throw at this? Uh <laughs> But when it when it finally wrapped up, so full okay. of
0: salt and pepper, aren't we?
1: Yeah, a little bit. But when it finally wrapped up, um, what I. Was able to take out of the situation because I was like, okay, well, hell, now I have two players who have to roll new characters. Um, Thanks for that, by the way. Oh, you weren't even involved in this one. This is a different vampire, actually. No, same vampire. Um,
2: is it really? Yeah, yeah. No, different that dude's kid actually kid yeah. Ruining that, that that, other people's lives, dude.
1: Yeah, no, no. He he ruined a lot of lives before you guys finally killed him. Maybe you um, should retire. No, no. He yeah, he's yeah, he retired with a good six player kills under his belt. Pretty good. Pretty Has good you ever for fans on a shelf. Um, no, but I have them written down on a beautiful little list at my house just great but if i can get to my damn point uh so what i did was i turned the monk into a vampire that was being experimented on because i was running this whole vampires be new kind of a thing um you know nobody knew where vampires came from uh and so they were able to like i i did kind of a bit where he knew where the other vampire was, but the vampire also knew where he was, you know. Which made and, things
0: somewhat inconvenient for both of them.
1: Yeah, for both parties. And, uh, you know, we had uh, the OG or the the, par- the former party member now, an NPC who's under lock and key, uh, 25-8, uh, you know, experimented on. And then also the party could talk to him to try to get more information about what's going on with other vampire who they are trying to hunt down. Um and so that was – I mean that was what I thought was the best way I could do it. Now, I did – once the party finally got a little bit more levels under him I did finally let the uh, vampire NPC uh, go back into player control because when all this went down, they were like – you guys were like sixth level.
0: Seventh, I believe. Yeah, but,
1: sixth yeah. or seventh level. And
0: <laughs> vampire monk would just – Oh, kung no. Kung fu- don't worry, guys. I have to get close to bite them. It's not like I run at 50 miles an hour and, Yeah, <laughs> I'm focused around close quarters. Combat. Why
1: fly when you can sprint at people? Yeah, I'm going to bite you and then I'm going to jump on your back and kick you in the head while I'm eating you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, again, this sort of comes back to the problem where vampires and Dungeons and & Dragons don't have much of the curse part of the vampiric curse and a lot of the, oh, look at all these sweet powers I get. It's yeah, mostly benefit.
1: They are – buff and you just throw spells on them and they're even buffer. I combined, I mean, I combined Vampire and Warlock
2: and it's just like, well... It,
0: it's, it night. it's part of the reason you kind of have to take control away from a player rather than letting them continue to play a Vampire.
2: Which would you say would be the best combination with a, with a Vampire? I like Warlock for flavor. Um, cleric. Warlock, cleric. Cleric would be
1: rude. See, Fighter would be, frankly,
0: there isn't a bad class to st- stick on Vampire because it's Wizard. just so beefy yeah vampires live a long time. wizards get better as they get older,
1: yep, um,
0: but I like cleric personally because who better to command an army of undead than a vampire cleric right. uh
1: I just I mean the idea of uh Holy rogue uh, sneak attack bite, <laughs> 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 not sneak only did I
2: bite that. you that's a cape. that's. A cape.
0: <laughs> not only did I bite you extra damage for sneak attack. We'd also be kind of remiss to talk all about these vampires and not mention the famous one, of course, strad strad yeah. Is it Strahd, Strad? Strad. Whatever. Strad. No, nah, I just I just like calling him Strad. Strad like Chad.
1: Yeah, Strad like Chad because he is kind of a bro. <laughs> Please somebody draw
0: You Smell like Starburst. Beer. Ha- beer helmet. <laughs> do No,
1: but I, 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 you're reading his backstory. I definitely get the feeling that a uh, daddy owned a dealership <laughs> or a kingdom. However but, you want to put it. He he but yes, he
2: definitely owns a pink polo that's too sh- too small for him.
1: Yeah. Medium. a medium.
0: Strad, I believe, has his has been pretty pushed in fifth edition. He's even got his own adventure, Raven Ravenloft, which is amazing and it's fantastic adventure, pretty much his own setting. I mean, yes, the other dimensions of the other dimensions of dread, I believe. I can't remember. Lord, I'm I'm off today. The other ones exist, but people care about the one with Strad.
1: Strad. All right, let's talk about practically using vampires, and then we'll move on to werewolves, and then we can. I think we got time for mind flayers and Slad. We'll call it a da- Slad. No, because okay. I've been I've been experimenting a lot with Slad lately, and I can't wait to talk about
0: them. Vampire spawn are an excellent way to use vampires in mm-hmm. games that aren't high enough level that you obliterate armies in a Tuesday afternoon.
1: Yeah. So when the party is level three, level four, um, working their way up, a vampire spawn makes a just a great little mid level villain because they they're vampire light.
0: Yeah, you have to deal with all the problems that. Top level vampires can do like, hey, I have 200 odd hit points and can punch you through a brick wall.
1: And then turn into a bat. And then also uh, the mind control and the
0: hold person. Um, so effective- Yeah, I forgot about that. Vampires also get mind control as a gaze attack. Yeah. Give that to a player and see how well that goes. They'll be running a country by the end of the week.
1: Yeah. Um, so, effective vampire use as a villain. I mean, Ravenloft does a really good do- job of telling you how you should run Strahd, but... Um, Personally, I actually am uh, not a super big fan of the way they do Strahd just because um, homie listens to Trapped. Like I, His favorite album, I'm pretty sure, is uh, Headstrong 11 times. And then the 12th track is Live in Phoenix, Headstrong. Um,
2: Puddle of Muds self title. Yeah, pretty much. And it's just,
1: yeah. No, because Strahd's, like, one of Strahd's main characteristics is he will just show up to talk shit to the party
0: and just be like, hey, fuck boys, I'm here. <laughs> See, How you doing? Was, what are you going to do about it? What I you, mean, I understand that they're trying to make you hate him, but that's just the kind of thing that would make me dislike my game master rather than a <laughs> villain. Um, but
1: tips for effective vampire use other than the outline in Curse of Strahd, which if you don't have it, should get it. If you do like running pre-packaged adventures, it's really good. Um, they, their abilities to mind control just are awesome. I love using – a vampire to send like emissaries like just unsuspecting again this kind of relates back to the horror episode we did last week but uh vampire emissary like you know just having a vampire send you know a child you know like a little five-year-old child to the party because i mean unless <laughs> I, I i now that i think about it, i know about three players who would just you know uh punt the, he- yeah, punt the hell out of that child but um for the most part the party's gonna you know it's spooky. It follows the traditional horror movie trope of little white kid, not moving, not saying much. I have a message. Yep. Standing in the hallway. Um, and it effectively builds tension and you're able to do that with a lot of people. They know they can easily affect NPCs and other people that the party have met over time. And you can just, they, they do a good job of both being a martial threat, but the amount of like political damage, a, uh, well-motivated vampire can actually achieve
0: is breathtaking.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's you're well – vamp- tangible and intangible.
0: The reason you're using a vampire as opposed to, I don't know, a wraith or a werewolf is that they're intelligent. So play up that intelligence. Yeah, Make there's, them there's, there's the method to the
2: madness. Know.
0: They know what they're doing, generally speaking, and I believe vampires even get smarter too because, Lord, they got to have everything as one of their bonuses. Mm-hmm. But
1: – Yeah, I think their worst stat is
0: wisdom at a crackling 14 – I wish my wisdom was 14. Anyway, uh, vampires need to be not necessarily politically astute, but they need to be clever. And this can be difficult because what are they? Intelligence 16, something like
1: that? Uh, intelligence 17. I'm, 18 strength, 18 dex, 18 con, 17 and 15 whiz, 18 charisma.
2: That would make sense.
0: That's the kind of stat line I rolled get these gets stats at home by myself. Uh, again, my mom watched. The on, thing is, is that you are probably not intelligence 17. So you may have to cheat and have your vampire just sort of act about things they shouldn't know because they predicted them. And that's right. generally good advice for a lot of villains with high intelligence. Like, Yeah, that is dragons. something
1: we do love to, uh, to hype on.
0: Um, but especially a vampire needs to not just be a one-off. There's a vampire in this 10 by 10 stone room. He's going to jump you now. A vampire should probably be a recurring villain. If you want to use a vampire for a straight-up fight, use vampire spawn instead, maybe leveled up if your players are higher level. I mean, vampire spawn are good.
1: Yeah. No, you you throw three of them. I mean, they're CR5. You throw three of them at, like, a traditional, you know, four-person, seven-player, level seven, four-person party. And that came out in word salad. It's going to be a challenging
0: fight. Well, it depends on the composition of the party, of course. But – Party with a particularly aggressively holy lineup will probably not have nearly as much difficulty. Very
1: true. Yeah, no, you got a paladin and a cleric, then vampire spawn just kind of drop like a bad habit. Yeah. Um,
0: but I think I've sort of rambled on about vampires enough. Um, they're good. They're effective villains. I should be using them more myself.
1: Well, they they get game time in damn near every campaign I have just because they're so versatile. You know, like I said, it's they're great the for they're great for political stuff. They're great for actually just being a good face to face monster. Because if the party successfully beats them, well, they just turn into mist and float on back to the coffin. Yeah. One more thing
0: I'd like to recommend is uh, the third edition Dungeon Master's Guide two has an excellent uh, outline of a vampire that people. Could consider using where a betrayed woman comes back to life as a vampire to horribly murder uh, the people who wronged her and then continues on murdering people who roam the streets alone at night. Not hmm. necessarily politically effective, but a tragic story when you actually do find out about it. Huh. Fun. Neat. Neat,
1: indeed. Um, also, too, as just as one more aside, I do love uh, Droughtland Vampires. That is a fun little marriage.
0: Oh, yeah, because there's not much sun down there, is there? There's
1: no sun in the Underdark. Also, it always made more sense to me that vampires would be created by a th- Yeah, I suppose that makes kind sense. Kind of a spidery thing, but that's just my setting. Um, so, werewolves, or lichens, because they come and wear rats, wear boars, wear tigers,
0: wear bears. We got all kinds of things. Come down to your big okay, house uh, of wear,
2: Were, uh, were, were shit. <laughs> wear emporium.
1: All right, so, break them down. Um, players getting affected... Fle- uh, Afflicted. Yeah, let me do it. Affle- afflicted, affle- 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 yeah. affle- You're okay there, man? No. All right, just make it sure. Okay. Player's getting afflicted with it. Paul, run us down.
0: Well, the thing about becoming a werewolf as opposed to becoming a vampire is that it actually has some bite to the actual curse because you do stuff like blacking out and waking up covered in blood that isn't yours, which could have some repercussions, to put it lightly. But again, the problem is that once you actually figure out how to control your form, if you can figure out how to control your form, is that it's just, oh, no, now I can turn into a form that doesn't look anything like me and has immunity to non-magical, non-silvered bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing. And I have claw attacks, and I'm strong, and I'm fast.
2: I actually have a question. I don't know much about werewolves. Is there a change in intelligence when you're in your form? I'm glad you said that, Tim, because player
1: characters as lycanthropes, as outlined in the Monster Manual. Um. The okay. This is where you got to be careful with it because these bonuses are actually kind of nuts. Yeah. Um. Again, this is my entire thesis here, guys. Yeah. Uh. Let's see. In <laughs> they gain a hang on. I just want to make sure. In non-humanoid form, they get the damage immunities, the traits, and the actions that don't involve equipment. Um. They are proficient with natural attacks, bites, and claws. Um. So early game, this is. Very good. Devastatingly badass. And then late game, it, it's kind of like the Skyrim werewolf. You just turn early and you're like, yeah, look at me. I can destroy everything. And then by the end of the game, you're just like, and I'm... I'm dead. I'm only going to use it as an oh shit button. um, And run away very quickly. <laughs> Let me specify that. I just use it to run away. Um, yeah, you get a bunch of... Light.
0: Intentionally turning yourself into horrible monsters, you can run a little faster.
1: Yeah, your stats and your stats improve. Um you know, based on what kind of where thing you turn
0: into, um, I should say especially that um, statistically, it's strong. Werewolves, specifically, werewolves have no change to their intelligence score. Uh, but from my understanding of lycanthropes in um, the Monster Manual, uh, generally speaking, to avoid the problem that you just get a whole bunch of powers, uh, lycanthropes are not in control of their animal form. Mm. Which, again, goes back to the sort of statement of uh, werewolves as a statement on repressed bestial primal instincts.
1: But it does
0: – the good book.
2: Yeah, they all speak to, to different parts of the human psyche. The human – yeah. I assume human psyche. The good book, The
1: Monster Manual, though, does refer to – I'm sorry, Jim, uh, oh, okay. Bears and
0: were-tigers as good. Yes, which is another topic for another day about the weirdness of the alignment system. But yeah. I would
2: imagine it would be more like a – a chaotic kind
0: of no no just the idea no no they're less lawful actually more
2: chaotic
1: okay. yeah um yeah no they, you turn into a were tiger and uh, apparently you, you are just, become a good person you were just a <laughs>
2: that hey, needs <laughs> hey how you, how that, you,
1: you, you know that's never dawned on me i yeah, know there just needs to be like an unrepentant bastard of a person but then every full moon he turns into a were tiger and he's just like giving away all of his money to charity and stuff <laughs> Howdy, home, neighbor.
2: (laughs) Just a a giant one today. uh,
1: Just, yeah, turns into a big old cat, Ned Flanders.
2: (laughs) Here's all my money. Howdy, home, neighbor. (laughs) Definitely has a Canadian accent. It
1: is, howdy. Give her, bud.
0: It is a bit weird that, I mean, it's not weird that lycanthropy would change your behavior, but it is a bit weird that it would result in such odd things because werewolves at least represent the primal instinct to destroy and attack things usually. Yeah. They represent the rage that people sort of let go because it's not productive. But where does a wear tire come to this? Does everyone secretly have a desire to be whitewashing fences? (laughs)
2: Yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Effectively using uh, lycanthropy and then allowing it to affect your players in-game. It's – obviously it's optional. Um, It can make for a very interesting side quest.
0: Yeah, but you don't want to – have it be a straight power up for your player characters if they are getting a bonus make sure it comes at a horrible cost
1: yeah um there's because there's a lot of like you know fun storytelling beats you can actually hit um i mean there's also you know there are the uh the way it's set up in the book uh although paul and i do like in the same um in our games in the book they're supposed to be sentient and like hey i'm a werewolf but i'm uh, pretty smart check my algebra homework. <laughs> Perfect. About the bear voice? Yeah. Hi. 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 <laughs> <laughs> anyways. That's
2: everywhere, Tiger's face um, now. Sorry, I don't like <laughs> the rules. Yeah, no. We. Uh, Sorry. Anyways, 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 anyways.
1: When using lichens, I always go with the make monsters. You know, the human turning into a monster, can't control it, Yada yada yada. Maybe with enough time and practice, they can eventually learn to control it. But, you know.
0: That's not something that would be in the hands of players, usually.
1: Yeah. Um, what you need to do to use it effectively though, because you can create great drama with, um, if you, you're using a lichen as an encounter, if you've, you know, pick a werewolf as, or were bear, whatever, where, whatever, um, as something that's fighting <clears throat> building drama around finding a cure for a player who's bitten, uh, can be a really good side quest and buy you time. If you're, you know. Uh, running out of ideas for, you know, a little bit or you haven't had much time to prep. Um also ambush ambush attacks and helping a small town, great little side quest. Um and they're really beefy monsters, all uh, of them.
0: They're actually this is one of my I'm gonna complain a moment, so as as is my tradition. Get it is a bit strange to me that in, a, in addition, where we've mostly removed the damage resistance, and you must be this high level to continue fighting this monster, that they have a hard lock on all bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing damage, but all elemental damage still hits them just fine. So, this runs into problems that we actually had, in that we had several party members who were completely unable to contribute because they didn't have any magical weapons at the level they are supposed to be fighting werewolves. But the wizards and sorcerers and stuff could still fight normally. Well, um, I mean that's just the cleric ended up being the biggest damage dealer because guiding bolt is scary.
1: Yeah, guiding bolt's a hell of a drug. Um, yeah, when using them, I mean obviously you know just the very traditional stuff of try to make sure your players all have a way to contribute because no one likes to you know be useless for a combat be the cheerleader. Yeah. Sometimes you can't avoid yeah, it or sometimes the support <laughs> or sometimes you can't avoid it. And sometimes, you know, it, it uh, like happens when I, you know, if you're on your best behavior, you can try to avoid it. Um,
0: that said, they are a fun monster. If I because do of the risk of like, I do love,
1: no, I do love the concept of using a werewolf. Um, like I said, uh, the, like one of the best things in Skyrim that I really liked was the dude who was in jail for <laughs> being a werewolf. Um, No, it was a great quest and it's – you can put that into any D&D game, just at any time. It is the most slottable quest you can steal from anything is man in prison for being a werewolf.
0: I mean, yeah, it's – It's a common situation. (laughs) It does sort of come back to the ideal of – not the ideal, sorry. The the original concept of werewolf is an explanation for serial killers. You can do that just fine, just – for the love of God, don't be J.K. Rowling and use use those as a metaphor for HIV. That's just Can wait. Just that was a thing. Yeah, anyway, I would say was. Just... I
2: think looking at all these all these concepts like werewolves and, and vampires, I think literature was just better back then. <laughs> I think. Well, that's because you didn't see the
0: legions of unmitigated trash that oh, yeah. didn't survive. Well, the true. Day. Yeah, the yeah. We the
2: test did, time, you know, we but now just...
1: we got moving on. We're not even. Gonna, we're not even. We're not even I, I do want to
0: say that. Um, To have a player be turning into a werewolf does require that the player sort of understand that they shouldn't be metagaming. One of my player characters was bitten by a werewolf. And the player is doing an excellent job of separating the character knowledge from the player knowledge. And it hasn't come up yet. And they're slowly turning into a werewolf. And nobody knows this yet in character. Out of character, everyone knows and several jokes have been made about it.
1: Yeah. Uh, Final thoughts and feelings on werewolves. Um, I actually think they're a little weak in the book. I like mine bigger, beefier, so I custom stat block them.
0: I mean, yeah, I actually kind of like them where they are because they don't have any class levels. It's just your random dunk nobody who so turned into a this werewolf. That in? Monster Manual. Oh, okay. Um, you can make werewolves scarier by giving them class levels, obviously. <laughs> Sneak attack. Wizard wolf. <laughs> Wizard wolf.
1: Thunderous smite from a werewolf. That is a tiger. That is one hell of a
2: slap. than
0: <laughs> I I think worlds are honestly fine. They they fit well at the level of play that I consider optimal for Dungeons and Dragons, which is levels 1 to about 7. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with
1: that. Uh let's see other spooky monsters that we uh we well, were, we're going to talk about
0: uh, wraiths and shadows. Yeah. I was going to talk briefly about the wraith apocalypse. I believe uh, let me see the monster novel because I can't remember if this with the race of the shadows that whenever they kill A creature, uh, it turns into another one of them, which people have quickly pointed out gets rapidly out of hand if, say, it attacks in a market square or something, because then you just have a bajillion wraiths attacking people.
1: That's why I love wraiths. Now that being said, though, wraith is, um, and this is very quickly, it should be becoming obvious to people that I, (laughs) I will look at a stat block and I'll go, nah and just change it. Um, my wraiths are also beefy. Thankfully, bigger and meaner.
0: Fifth edition overcame this problem by making wraiths only able to control seven specters at a time. Only. So you don't have the issue where again, it rampages through a small town and because nobody has magical weapons. Soon you have a town of wraiths heading to a city to go kill and raise their numbers further.
1: Um, wraiths are fun.
0: Zombie apocalypses that can walk through walls.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Um, Again, good little mid-level villain.
0: Yeah, incorporeality is an interesting trick. Uh, Hell of a drug. I would not drop it on low-level players. Even shadows are a bit tricky to deal with. Um, and they're only CR Sierra one half.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, in- well, because the best part of incorpor- p n a wow, I'm just not even going to try to English What's
0: today. Yeah. Incorporate.
1: In- wow, yeah, no, it's spreading.
0: It, the ability intangible. to do
1: ghost Stop, stuff.
0: Intangible, let's go with that. That's much easier to yeah, say. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, their ability, yeah, wow. Unique uh, New York. Yeah, there you go. There. There. Um, New York. The ability to go in corporal gives them fantastic guerrilla warfare tactics.
0: Attacking from the floor is very difficult to fight against.
1: Yeah. Um, doing a lot of hit and run stuff. I normally just see, like, every time I've seen a wraith get used by uh, other DMs, like in random games that I've played in, um, it's just turned into a quick tank and spank. Using them effectively just have them... Dash through walls. You'll build tension and have them again hit and run. They're fairly intelligent creatures.
0: Let's Usually, double, yeah. You, let's double check that intelligence stat. I'm pretty sure wraiths are intelligent. I don't think shadows are very intelligent. No, shadows are
1: dumb. Shadows are like really dumb. I'm pretty it's sure like the
2: devil demon concept.
0: Yeah. How many different ways of saying ghost person does a game really need? honestly? Uh,
2: enough. A uh, wispy, wispy, spooky guy. Will the wisp allop? Allops are also good there. Oh, we were on, I believe we're
0: on, those are on. the ones that drain uh, wisdom scores and drive you insane. Psst.
1: Don't worry. I'm going to find the W section go. eventually. You just found it. Yep. There we go. Uh, yeah, Intelligence 12.
0: Now, yeah, rates are pretty smart.
1: Hit and run tactics because um, we've got we to gotta wrap up here shortly. So hit and run tactics and spooking and scaring. On to the next.
0: I believe you were going to say something about slot. Uh, They're not terribly scary, but –
1: Well, they do do the chestburster thing, though.
0: Yeah, I suppose that's true.
1: Um, But I was actually going to start with Mind Flayers, my second favorite monster in uh, all of D&D behind the Owlbear. Because I don't think we gave them enough love um, either this week or last week when we were doing the spook stuff. Um, So I'm just going to try to rush through everything I had. Yeah, hooked I'll, up for I'll them.
0: tack on some stuff about Aboleths too because they share a lot of the same sort of headspace for that.
1: Yeah. Oh god, Aboleths are good. We do need to do like a whole episode on Aboleths. Um, so. Mind flares. Mind flares. I'm just trying to think of how I can crunch this down and compress. Okay. Obviously they, they share a lot of where, where I like them. They do a lot of the same things that vampires do. Just they're a little weaker. You can and tone them down.
0: They have psionic attacks which yes vampires can dominate you the gaze, but they also can't crush your spirit like yami yugi or something
1: yeah um, so obviously they're spooky they're you know they think like aliens they're
0: mind flayers obsessed with children's card games one
1: <laughs> they're trying to eat you know they're trying to collect more brains Uh, you know more knowledge for the older brain skulls for the skull throne brains for the older brain
2: Love it. There, <laughs> everyone loves it. Love it. No,
1: okay. Using them effectively. So, um, mind games. They're very good at you know because they can they communicate telepathically um, and they have alien thoughts. So they'll usually just run a couple of packs of intellect devourers around just to mess with people. Um,
0: Brain dogs. or yeah. something like that.
1: Yeah, let intellect devour like make sure you use intellect devourers. Have them you know just kind of do the mind flayers bidding and then. Um, honestly, again, I I don't see it enough because normally a mind flayer is like usually sitting in a chamber and, you know, does like the evil cackle and the tentacles, you know, kind of whip around. They are a hell of an ambush. Um, they are a hell of an ambush attacker. Um, like the, the main idea that you should try to if you're really, really trying to put the screws to your players and put them in a very tense situation is try to force them into a situation where you can split them. And then have the Mind flare start uh,
0: – Attacking one group over the other.
1: Yeah, attacking one group over the other because Mind flare against four people is just going to get r- r- riggedy-wrecked.
0: We can talk briefly, of course, about how pretty much one of anything versus four people is going to get riggedy-wrecked.
1: Yeah. But um, if you can successfully divide and conquer, that brain-eating attack really freaking hurts. It's uh, – I,
0: I do think it's a bit odd that you can survive having your brain eaten.
1: Like Nacho did? <laughs> With one He's a HP. barbarian? He that was He had one HP left. <laughs> it was incredible.
2: So, would you say that they're more difficult to play against compared to other monsters? Uh,
1: no, they are super easy. Um, okay, from a player perspective, because I mean, you just have to not save. Get or really, grappled? Yeah, you have to not get grappled, and you have to roll good on your saves. Cover your head. Um, cover your head.
0: <laughs> just wear a nice. Wear a they do it no
1: because they do have a great toolkit with. Uh, they have like a hold person. Um, they have.
0: Uh, they still have the telekinetic blast, I assume.
1: Yes, um, which will hold you in place, and then they can do the eating of the brains. Um, they just do a bunch of damage, and they're fantastic, spooky things. Um, try to make sure that you're using them in a way that is obviously playing to their alien nature. Things uh, they don't just sing-
0: have them waiting again in a ten by ten stone room.
1: Yeah. Um. They're up to something and it usually makes no sense. And their thoughts and any telepathic things they say to you also shouldn't make any sense because they're supposed to be a it's like subliminal messaging. A they're just, just supposed to be a alien intelligence, like spell Eat, talk about. Eat talk about. smoke. <laughs> <laughs> smoke camel cigarettes. Why is this mind flare this you this? Flavor Oh shit. <laughs> um and then no, that's pretty much it. I mean, that's compressed, quick mind flare notes.
0: Yeah, I mean, and if once you're ready to graduate into the big leagues, you can use ablets instead, which are like mind flares, but even more alien and dangerous.
1: Well, in uh, Volo's Guide to Monsters too, we do have the uh, the Lich Mind Flare, which is the uh, yeah nastiest piece of work in that book. Uh I believe. I can't remember. That uh, name. Yeah, and then there's also the. Uh, there we're is... going to get a
0: Paladin mind flayer is My question.
1: <laughs> oh jeez. Smite bite. Yeah,
0: brain eating smite attack. Yeah, thunderous bite. There you go. <laughs> I'm sorry, oh, that
1: but that right. vi- no, that visual is just fantastic because instead of eating the brain, it just like forces the brain out the asshole, <laughs> just like shoots through their body, just kind of
2: like pop. a tube.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it's like it's like a potato gun, just <laughs> brain out the butt
0: with a thunderous uh, smite. I mean, mindflayers get charisma bonuses, don't they? They'd make excellent paladins. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Uh, i think i'm dwelling on that concept a little too long let's move on to something else
1: okay slod.
0: they're embodiments of chaos much like angels are embodiments of good and demons are embodiments of evil
1: this is where i might catch a little bit of flack i never use slod.
0: i know you i don't think i've ever used or faced slod. um i'm not big on the dimensional stuff yeah the power cosmic stuff where you're Trekking around the planes to
2: high levels. Yeah,
0: I, I'm not I'm not big on to uh plane jumping. You
2: know, I kinda want
0: to run a game like that someday, but it, maybe D D is not the best kind of game for that.
2: Is it just too much work or is it
0: too weird. Eh, yeah,
1: like, it yeah. doesn't it doesn't really fit the way I like to uh you know, do my world and do my settings. Like the other planes no, good question. Um the other planes do exist, obviously in my setting, but it gets things can get out of hand really quick when the party is just like and now we're going to the plane of force and now we're over here and now we're on a and well, let's
0: go to the positive energy plane and heal up just between our yeah. uh sojourns in the negative energy plane
2: well i remember the i remember the what was it, the last game we played with ryzen we had a we were jumping in between planes and
0: went to um, the feywild
2: yeah i went to the feywild well, yeah, I, don't I don't count the feywild the- as a oh, plane. Okay.
0: Well, I mean, now we're getting into the age question of are we, are we using Planescape? We're we using Fourth Edition's Nantier Vale, or but either yeah. way, I think it's that's a topic for another show. Yeah. But
1: Slod, yeah. um, I've never used them. I do actually. I've read a lot on how uh, people love to use Slod, and so I guess I'm just going to regurgitate some advice that I've gotten um, in case you do run them. Because I mean, they're not for me, but a lot of people really love them. Um... <laughs> They're, they're an
0: interesting concept like the Modrons. No,
1: they they they're great for horror. Um the, every here, I'll let you uh do the stat block reading while I'm a uh, sure spieling. I uh I mean they've got versatile stat blocks. They they do make a great actual arcing campaign villain because they do come in tougher and tougher flavors.
0: They send out the tougher and tougher ones as yep. you get further along. <laughs> yep.
1: Uh and their uh, whole, like you know, their whole dimensional domination shtick uh and you know, populating and taking over is a pretty good, you know, way to get a party to go, yeah, yeah, better save the world and shit. Um I'm
2: better do what we came here to do, I guess. Yeah, I
1: guess. I mean if we you know <laughs> we came all
2: to this way. Fine. Gotta be home by nine.
1: <laughs> um they're beefy. They're hard for a party to
0: handle. They have a lot of wacky abilities that are fun.
2: This one's a chunk of muscle. I mean, I mean, that's.
0: Yeah, you got spellcasters, you got regeneration. They implant eggs into people with their claw attacks, uh, <laughs> which is pretty nasty because you can't heal at all when you're infected. Yeah. And it takes a wish to reverse dying from it. Yeah. Which is rough.
1: Yeah, there's best. that's the other reason. I really don't use slot is it is it can get out of hand really quick. If you're uh if you're fond of your players, it can <laughs> it can uh, just kind of ruin that relationship really yeah, quick. Good evening.
2: Yeah, it is nice though. They have we we're having a fun time
0: damage resistances as opposed to the whole thing we talked about earlier with the lycanthropes resist all non magical bludgeoning piercing and slashing slot resist everything but those which is you. Know, it's a nice twist. Yeah. They're resistant to acid, cold, fire, uh, thunder, and lightning. So,
1: All right. So we kind of bumbled our way through some of our favorite monsters this week. Um, Let's talk about what we're going to do two weeks from now because – so the original plan we had for today's show got canned because my computer blew up and uh, I didn't have the money to uh, buy the stuff that I was going to buy that we were going to do on this week's show. So um, hopefully – we're we gonna be
0: talking about Dungeon of the Mad Mage. What are thinking about you, oh, it's not gonna come out uh, uh, by next time.
1: Nope, it's not gonna come out by next time, but I guess we'll do a we're gonna do a lead into it, everything we know. Um a bit of dungeon design. I mean, because we haven't talked about it, we've only got fucking We talked
0: about game mastering and world stuff. We haven't talked about an actual dungeon.
2: So yeah. I'll actually be pretty curious about that one.
1: We'll do uh we're gonna do dungeon design next. Sounds time. good.
0: Among other things, along with the book you' We're going to try to purchase once yes. your
2: computer's fixed. Yes. Tell you what. I'll uh, buy it tonight.
1: All right. So uh we'll do dungeon design, trap design, and uh you know, just general fuckery in an underground cave. Um Tim, go ahead and do your shout outs and get your stuff
2: in. Oh. You have uh, shoutouts?
1: Yeah, yeah, shout outs. He has, he, he wanted right. want to plug his stuff. I'll I'll let him plug his yeah.
2: stuff. Yeah, I'll plug my music. Uh, go check out Foiled on Facebook if you like sad, whiny, bull crap. Um, trying to get the YouTube channel off the ground, so go ahead and subscribe to that as well. Um, shout out to to everyone uh, watching. Thanks for watching. We appreciate you. Uh, I guess supporting us. Yeah. So. All right.
1: Uh, let's see. We record out of no Royal shame. Oak. Yep. We record a podcast Detroit out of Royal Oak, Michigan. If you ever want to start your own podcast, it's easy it's going to podcastadroit.com and starting a podcast through there. Uh, Super affordable nice rates. place. Yeah. A lot of fun. Yeah.
2: Super clean, nice place. Yeah. It's delightful.
1: Like it. um, if you've enjoyed the show, please go like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at 3DMSPOD3, T H R E underscore DMS underscore pod. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, uh, basically anywhere you can get podcasts except for Spotify because they hate us. And we haven't figured that out.
2: Um, we we don't know why. We don't know why. And if you know anybody who's into D&D, uh, feel free to share it with them. Yeah. That's I a,
1: recommend it. That's a nice way to put it. Uh, Although if
0: you're listening to this and you don't like D&D. Uh, I don't know why you're I don't know how say.
1: the hell you got here. Anyways, we're out of time. I'm Jake. I'm Paul. Tim. And uh, good luck. Roll well this weekend, and we'll see you in two weeks. May all your rolls be 20s. Nah, it makes the game less fun. (laughs) Bye-bye.